All right, High Desert Word Center, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Yes, it is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Welcome to church on Palm Sunday, amen? And so this is the day that Jesus rode in to Jerusalem. Everybody loved him for a few days there, and as we know, it kind of turned a little south a few days after that. But praise God, Jesus died, and he rose again. Somebody say amen today. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to open up, as we always do, by speaking some faith over the United States of America because we believe and we declare that America is coming to Jesus. And someone may say, man, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, hey, check it out. We walk by faith, not by sight. All right. So we're going to go ahead and say it and say it like we mean it right now. Let's do this. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. All right. Well, you know what we do now. We're going to take a few minutes to go and shake some hands, give out some nice hugs if you want one, amen, and have a little meet and greet time. But everybody ought to feel a little love right now. All right, let's go.
into the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul This bag of bones I tried with all my mind But I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond Just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. You picked me up, you turned me around, you placed my feet on solid ground. I think the master, I think the savior, because he healed my heart. Change my name forever free. I'm not the same. I think the master, I think the savior, I think God. Well, praise God. Welcome to church. You may be seated. So today's Palm Sunday. What does that mean next Sunday is? Easter. Easter. And Jesus is alive. It's a big deal. So if you have not picked up Easter invites, make sure that you do that before you leave. And if you have not picked up peeps to tell all your peeps that Jesus is risen, then make sure you get your little tags for your peeps so that you can invite others to Easter, and you can just fling it at their door, knock, you know, ding-dong ditch, leave some peeps. It's great. Smile and meet your neighbors. So make sure that you're here for Easter and that you bring all your friends. We are going to have a big egg hunt, a scripture egg hunt, so we give you Jesus and some candy. So Desiree Garcia has some more information on that, but I don't see her at the moment. There she is. She's hugging people still. Still hugging people. Okay, well, tell us what's going on for Easter and how we can get involved to help. Good morning. I am so excited about Easter Sunday. There's so many good things going on. Um, We were able to pack some eggs um, yesterday morning. However, we still have about 800 eggs that don't have no candy. So we want these kids to go home with lots of candy and be sugared up, right? Yes. So if you can bring in candy either tonight or Wednesday, that would be great. Um, In each, let me back up a little bit. In each egg, we put a scripture and we put candy. Um, I had to redo all the scriptures. So all these scriptures are really great. And a lot of it is the Easter story. So the kids go home and they get candy, but they also get the word. So that's what's very important to us, right? Um. Saturday, this Saturday, we are going to set up. What that means is I have some photo booth areas that we need help setting up with. I have some decorations that we need to put out and some blocking off areas and whatnot. So if you're able to come hang out with us, please do so. Please come um, 9 to noon, 9 a.m. to noon, and hang out with us. We'll have a lot of fun. I promise we're nice. We'll laugh and we'll have a good time. Um, and also, there was one more thing, and I oh, Sunday morning we will need help with hiding eggs. 
So if you're able to come early, if you're able to come early Sunday morning and um, help with that, that would be great. Um, about 8.30, 9 o'clock to Heidelberg. So that's all I got. So Easter around here is a lot like Christmas. You know, anytime we're celebrating Jesus, we just go big. So, you know, you get your family together and you decorate the Christmas tree. Well, we get together for Easter and we decorate God's house and celebrate really big. So be here Saturday morning. It'll be wonderful. I'm sure there'll be donuts or something fun to eat. It'll be great. And we'll all spend time together and get ready for Easter. Then Sunday, you're going to come early. Yeah? Yes, come early. Um, There are a few things going on the rest of this month that we need to share with you as well. We have had a lot of families who are praying about education for their children and what they should be doing, what God would have them do, and have asked us about where our kids go to school. No school is ever perfect, and you need to do what the Lord would have you to do for your family. But because of the amount of questions we've been asked, the school that our children go to in Victorville, Victor Valley Christian, is interested in making a way for students from Barstow to go there. That being said, I am aware that transportation is the first thing that you think of uh, because we do that as well. Um, But they do have vans, and years ago they used to bus from L Street. So there is a discussion happening at the moment. There are no promises being made, but they would like to get together with you. So if you or other families you know would be interested in finding out more about Victor Valley Christian School, please make a way to come and be with us on Tuesday, April 19th. So after Easter, that Tuesday, we've got some info on the info booth that you can take with you. You can put it up at work or wherever um, and take it with you, and that way we can get together. And any questions you have and information about the school, we'd like to share that with you. The principal there is actually a pastor who's from Barstow and moved down there years ago and ended up you know, becoming principal at the school. She's absolutely amazing and wonderful and would love to meet with you. She also has a heart for Barstow because a lot of her family lives here. So make sure that you come and ask some good questions and we'll get you some good information. Oh, it's here, here in this building. Um, Tuesday, April 19th in the evening at 7 p.m. So you can get off work and still come. Mary's is coming up. And if you've ever been to Mary's before, it's a party. It's just wonderful. But this time, we're doing it as more of a seminar, a longer get-together, so that we can refresh you. So a lot of times we get together, and it's just super fun. This time, we want to get together, and we want to not only have fun, but build you up. So it's like marriage boot camp. So if your marriage is great, awesome, you can come and have fun. If your marriage is struggling, awesome, you need to be there. Okay, so there are invites that are on the info booth for that. Make sure that you register online. It is $50 a couple because it is catered, and there is child care as well. So don't miss out on that opportunity, April 29th and 30th. Also, one more, one more thing. Um, these are our Mother's Day invites. We passed around a clipboard before, but it is way easier for you and for us if you register online. So these have a QR code at the bottom. You're going to use your phone camera. Um, For those of you who are not familiar with QR codes, you're going to use your phone camera to go hover over that little QR code, and it will take you to a form online that you can tell us how many tickets, tell us how many people, names, 
and your phone number so that we can send reminders and remind you of dates and times. That way you don't forget. So make sure you pick those up for Mother's Day. It's a mother-daughter banquet this year, and it's singing in the rain. So you can wear your rain costume and your cute rain boots. It is $12 for adults and $6 for ages 10 and under. Um, and there are prizes and all kinds of fun things. It is May 7th at 11 a.m., so the Saturday before Mother's Day. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening. <sighs> That's done now. If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, wave at me. Even if you've hugged me already. Okay, Sabrina here in her fun blue shoes would like to welcome you. We're so glad to have you with us today, and we're so glad that you're a part of us. She's going to hand you some information about the church, and if you fill out that card and take it back um, to the info booth, they will have a gift for you. We would love to bless you, and thank you for being with us today. And there'll be information there on how to get connected. If you would like to get built up and become part of the family, we would love to have you with us. Very good. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, we got lots going on. And I know it always seems like, man, we are such a busy church, but I'm thinking it's a good thing to be busy because that means we're alive and well. Amen. All right. Can we stand up together for a minute this morning uh, before we uh, do our tithes and offerings and stuff? There's something that I wanted us to come together in agreement in prayer for. And uh, maybe some of you heard about this. Um, but we want to take a minute to pray, um, honestly, about kind of a disturbing bill that the California state legislator uh, passed this week. And this is not a political statement. This is just a moral right and wrong statement, no matter what side of politics you're on. But uh, the, the state assembly passed Bill 2223, and it, um, it actually seems to legalize what we would call infanticide uh, in an abortion bill. Uh, to expand the killing of babies past the moment of birth. Uh, and uh, depending on what the scary part is, it is worded so vaguely. Uh, they, they, they changed the wording just before they voted on it this week, but they changed the wording. It was already a bad bill, but they changed the wording to a very broad definition of uh, the term perinatal. And uh, so there's prenatal. You ladies know what that is, your prenatal vitamins and all that fun stuff. Then perinatal would be after birth. And they've, they've legalized um, abortion perinatal. And really what attorneys everywhere are just alarmed, that term means moments after birth all the way to seven weeks after birth. Now, some people would be thinking like, oh, that would never happen. There's a lot of things that we said, no, that would never happen and have started happening. So uh, the California Family Council, uh, they wrote an opposition to the bill, and uh, they said they intend not, to not only codify the killing of unborn children throughout all nine months of pregnancy, but to decriminalize killing newborns days or even weeks after birth. And uh, and so it's, it's, a, it's kind of a scary thing. It also... Um, if, if, a, if a lady were to decide to maybe perform her own abortion at home or something like that, it, uh, it, the police are not allowed to arrest such a person, even if they killed it. You know, it, it, it all seems far-fetched, but the wording is so vague that it leaves open a lot of opportunities, all right? And so it's kind of uh, – it's a serious thing. Because we know that the Lord, he loves babies, right? And, then, and they're, they're a living person, even inside of mommy's tummy. And it's such an important thing that we stand up for them. 
And, uh, and so anyway, I've just read some articles this week that I'm like, my gosh, that is, that is so far-fetched, but I don't want to preach right now. But I just remember in the Old Testament, a lot of these pagan nations that God told Israel to go to war with, a lot of it is they were so evil with how they treated babies. They would, they would abort babies and sacrifice them to their gods and stuff like that. And it just really incensed the Lord. And this cannot be good for the state of California, all right? I don't care what political side you're on. Wrong is wrong, and this is 100% wrong. Amen. And so we're going to stand in agreement and pray over this today. And uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yes, then what we're praying for is that it will actually be fully stopped. The governor hasn't officially signed it yet. It did pass the legislator, and now they're trying to get the state senate to vote on it so the governor can sign it. So we need to pray. We want this to stop. And the good news is is that there are other uh, states that are making good strides towards protecting babies right now. Like Mississippi has currently got a good thing going in the courts uh, to get rid of abortion. And, and you're like, I didn't come to church to hear about that. Well, hey, there's some, you know, there's some hills that I will die on. Protecting babies is one thing that if you just don't agree with that, this may not be the church for you. But we will stand up for that no matter what. Amen. So let's, uh, let's, let's join in prayer today, amen, and we're going to see the Lord intervene and pull a miracle in this situation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we don't even have to pray, God, if it be thy will to stop this. We know what your will is, Lord. Your will is for babies to live and not die, Lord. Even It doesn't matter how, how they were put there, Lord. If it was through a bad situation, Lord, you can still use that life for something powerful. You still value that baby's life, Lord. It's not the child's fault how he was conceived. And so, Lord, we stand in the gap in the name of Jesus and we intercede and we rebuke this bill in the name of Jesus from being signed. And, Lord, we say right now that somehow, some way, whatever you got to do to stop this thing, if you got to change our governor's heart, do it, Lord. If you got to do something else, we're not telling you how to do your job, Lord, but we are just standing in the gap right now and interceding and commanding this bill to not pass in the name of Jesus Christ. And furthermore, we pray over the state of California right now. So many other places look and they, they laugh at us and they mock us and they say it's just one of the craziest places in the world. Well, we say that this state is turning around in the name of Jesus Christ. This state is coming to Jesus. This state will be known for holiness, for righteousness, and revival in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We declare victory in the name of Jesus right now. Thank you, Lord. We anticipate the good news in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Can someone give the Lord some praise today? Hallelujah. All right. Well, you may be seated. You may be seated. We appreciate you hooking up your faith with us on that. And it's an important thing to us that uh, we stand in the gap for the innocent. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? It's happy time. Yes. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. And the ushers are going to get one to you. And we're going to open our Bibles to Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Amen. Yes, and this may be a familiar verse to a lot of you here, and this is a powerful verse that we need to know. Hebrews 13, 8, because, 
you know, we, we see so many things going on in the world right now. And people are looking at the prices and people are, are looking at all this. Man, I went to Jack in the Box the other day. I ordered off the value menu for my family. $45 for some cheeseburgers and some fake chicken nuggets. I'm like, come on, somebody. <laughs> come, Lord Jesus. They were not even near the, you know, Chick-fil-A status. So it's just getting real. But guess what? The good news is, is that we don't have to worry like the people of this world worry. Amen? We are not at all in the same category because uh, we are a holy generation, a holy people. And holy means set apart. We're different than them. Amen? So check this out. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. If you know it, say it with me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And so as we're looking at that, listen, we read these Bible stories of man. The Lord, he brought manna to the people of Israel when they were wandering the wilderness. Amen? He sent quail so they had meat. You know, some like manna. I don't know. I'm a vegetarian. Listen, hey, it doesn't matter. I'll take your share of quail. You just don't have to eat yours. I'll take yours. Amen? But he sent provision Every time his people needed provision. Well, that was back then. Well, guess what, brother? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it last time, he will do it this time. If he brought you through it before, he'll bring it through you this time. But here's the key. He doesn't change. That means sometimes you have to change. I think we need a better amen on that one. I think sometimes that we need to make some changes. And so you're like, man, my money's messed up. Why don't you try getting God involved with your money? Be a tither. Or, well, man, I tithe, but I just still don't have Why don't you work on managing your finances better? Maybe you don't always have to just spend it all. Maybe sometimes you could ask for God's wisdom on how to handle it a little better. But I know this much. When we do our part, we know he's going to do his part. Victory always comes, so you don't have to be like everybody else, all afraid of these prices. Jesus has you, but you got to do things his way. Amen? All right, let's stand up together today. Praise God. Yes, it is a good Palm Sunday to be in the house of the Lord together. Amen? We're going to go ahead and speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. Bring it on up, and we're going to have a home run fire time of praise and worship today. Amen. Am I right, Walter? Yeah. This guy's ready. Let's do this. Amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, Debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Okay, let's join us up here at the altar after you're done worshiping the Lord with your tithes and your offerings. And let's praise Him on today and let's thank Him on today the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We're born again, set free. Amen. Sing this with us. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. 
Trust none one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell, I snuff one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell, I snuff one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell, I snuff one. Turn me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my name, ever free, I'm not the same. I thank the master. last time let's just sing that together because he picked me up he turned me around he placed my feet on solid ground I thank the master I thank the savior because he healed my heart he changed my name
Resurrect a man with my hands, but just the mention of your name can raise the dead. All the glory to the only one who can, that Jesus sit you, that Jesus sit you. heal because you love all the miracles I've seen too good to not believe too good to not believe too good to not believe I can't resurrect a man Just the mention of your name can raise the dead. All the glory. All the glory to the only one who can. And Jesus sits you. And Jesus sits you. Believe. I've seen cancer disappear. 
seen broken bodies heal. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen real life resurrection. We've seen mental health restored. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We see families reunited. We see prodigals return. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We see troubled souls deliver. We see an addicts finally freed. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see cities in revival and salvation flood the streets. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see glory fill the nations like the world has never seen. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Cause I know that he can. I believe you're the wonder working God. You're the wonder working God. All the miracles I see. Too good to not believe. You're the wonder working God. And you heal because you love. All the miracles I've seen. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Too good to not believe. Cancer disappear. Uh, we see broken bodies heal. Let's sing that. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Uh, we see real life resurrection. Uh, we see mental health restore. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We see families reunited. We see prodigals return. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We see troubled souls deliver. We see addicts find the freedom. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't. What's he cities? See cities in revival, salvation flood the streets. Don't you tell me he can't do it? Don't you tell me he can't do it? You see glory fill the nations like the world has never seen. Don't you tell me he can't do it? Cause I know that he. Let's raise our hands and I. Wonder-working God, you're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen, you're too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God. 
raise our hands this morning for a minute, man. The presence of God is here. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is in the house today. Amen. And I know that God wants to speak to you in some way. Hallelujah. And we know, as we read earlier, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he brought it through you last time, he's going to bring you through it this time. But we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. You know, what's really going on in my heart is our theme verse for this year, Joshua 24, 15. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And I, I love to see yes, all these families in here praising the Lord. And I especially have it on my heart today. If your family, if your marriage, if your family is dealing with some strife, with some, with some, uh, just some issues, with some disunity today, I want you to raise your hands, Amen, and receive and look to Jesus today, and He wants to speak to you. But if you've got a hard heart, if you've got some pride going on, you're going to have to crack that and brush it out of the way so the Lord can get your attention today. But make no mistake about it, it's the will of God for you to have the best marriage you've ever had. It's the will of God for you to have the best relationship with your children and your grandparents and your whole family that you've ever had, but you got to do it His way. No more your way. You've got to do it His way. Amen. Today is going to be a great day in the house of the Lord. We just got to, we got to be, we got to be ready to receive from Jesus. Amen. Can we give Him some praise today? Can we give the Lord a shout of praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way today. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to go ahead and let you make your way to your seats today. Praise the Lord. I, I, we got a, we're going to have a very special service. Uh, as, as some of you know, we've got Dana and Liz Nile in the house today. 
And uh, we'll have them come up in just a second. But if you don't know who they are, they are worldwide missionaries that my family's known actually since I was a kid. And, uh, and so they've been in our, my life and our family's life for a long time. They've lived in huts in the middle of Nepal. They've lived in the freezing cold of Siberia where it's like 60 degrees below zero. They've, they are hardcore. They're not just, you know, uh, halfway. These guys are the full send. They're all the way. They don't hold back. And in fact, they just, uh, they were in, uh, many of you may or may not know this story, but right when COVID broke out, my dad was with Dana down in the jungle of uh, Peru. And, uh, and Dana made it out on the last flight, and my dad got stuck in Peru for three weeks. And uh, Dana felt bad, but he left him anyway. And so they were telling me just yesterday, at the end of last, was the last year, they had to take COVID tests before leaving Peru. He had a negative test. She tested positive. And he, and he was going to leave her too. <laughs> this man has a track record. All right, <laughs> I'm just kidding. These are the best people in the whole wide world, and they're going to bring the gospel. They're coming from Montana today. Let's go ahead and make Dana and Liz Nile feel welcome in Barstow, California. Amen. Yes. These guys are the real deal. And not only are they missionaries, this brother can preach the fire down, and so I'm ready to receive from the from the Lord today. Amen. All right, brother. Glory to God. Hey, it's good to be back. You know, it's it's always fun to come to a church that supports us on a monthly basis. It gives me an opportunity to say thank you, and also to let you know everywhere we go, you go with us. I mean, that's how it works. Praise God. He's amazing how he makes all of that happen. You know, this past year, Liz and I have been to, well, I've been to Nepal twice. I've been to Canada twice. Didn't used to be a big deal. Kind of is now. Just try to get in there. And then Liz and I were down in, in uh, Peru, down on the Amazon jungle, helping Ron and Annette Thiessen down there. Y'all know them. You know, they, they've planted over 50 churches up and down the Amazon River, out there in the jungle, man. And, we went out there and did a convention with them, a church convention with them. They do it every year. It's the AFCM Family Reunion for Peru on the Amazon. And in order to get there, we go on the Amazon downstream uh, for a couple of hours. And then we hang a left and go up the Napo River for about, like six hours. And we get into this place where they run electricity two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening. They just fire up a generator for the whole town. And the... the we stay in what I call a no-star hotel. I mean, there's no air conditioning. It's hot as fire. I mean, it's equator stuff. It's rainforest stuff, so it's humid and hot. It's like you've not lived until you've preached and the sweat's running down you, filling your shoes. You can just feel it running down your back, running down your legs, filling your shoes. Everybody's got a hand towel to wipe themselves down. I mean, everybody. It's just like that. But the ministry is fantastic. These people will come from 18 different villages. Some of them will come for two days away. They get in their little picky packs. That's a little dugout canoe with a lawnmower engine. And they go picky, 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 picky. The only, the only, they, they don't give those things any throttle at all. They just idle these lawnmower engines. Because if you give them throttle, it burns up too much gas. So it's just picky, 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 picky. They'll load up these little dugout canoes with everybody they can. And they, they'll bring all the, all the people that want to go, and some of them aren't even saved. But once they get to this convention, they get saved. We had 28 of them receive the Lord Jesus. 
most of them young, most of them teenagers, 20-somethings, they received the Lord. We had 31 baptized in the river. You know, we found a spot where it's not flowing too hard, you know, so we didn't lose any of them. <laughs> Dunking them in the river. We had healings. We had people get filled with the Holy Ghost. Awesome convention. 400 people coming to this from 18 different villages. And the pastors would just meet us and cry on us and hug us and say, oh, thank you for coming. Nobody had been there for two years because of COVID, right? And so they're just hugging on us. We didn't think you were going to come back. You know, they're crying. I'm so glad we went. (laughs) It's tough living, but the ministry is so awesome. And then in Nepal, twice I've been there, and God has just given us an open door of opportunity with the Presbyterians, the Methodists, and the Baptists. It's, It's just amazing. I mean, there's a Presbyterian seminary in Kathmandu that's cranking out the graduates, and it's not like Presbyterian here in America. These guys are actually born again, and the the, the school's actually helping people. (laughs) They come out better than what they went in, you know, (laughs) praise the Lord. (laughs) But they've never heard a thing about word of faith. They've never heard a thing about the Holy Spirit. And so when I go in, I teach on faith, and I teach on the Holy Spirit, and they're just so hungry. And so we've been doing this for a couple of years with the Presbyterians, and now when we hold the pastor's convention, they come from two days away. I mean, they, they come from all over the country, and when they get there, they receive the Holy Ghost. We, the last trip, I had 150, 150 Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, mostly Presbyterian pastors and church leaders receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. It's going to revolutionize, it's going to change their ministries. They're fired up for reaching Nepal for Jesus. I mean, one of the guys we're working with, he's starting 20 churches a year. I mean, just, just cranking them out, training up people and, and uh, getting pastors for them out in the villages. We got to go out, I, these pastor trips, I went out to Burtibong. Everybody say Burtibong. It's kind of hard to say. It's kind of fun to say. <laughs> That's the, that's the village where Liz and I started ministry 38 years ago. We were out there, and when we went out there, it was a day-long bump and grind in a four-wheel drive to get to the end of the road. Then we would walk for two days to get where we lived and ministered. That's the place where it was the mud hut, the mud floors, and the no electricity and all of that. Now you can actually bump and grind for a day and get there all the way. That's awesome. That's <laughs> in a jeep you know and they packed that jeep so tight they stick like 12 people in this jeep and and you're just shoulder to shoulder and i i discovered that's better because you got padding you're not flying all over the jeep it's good pack it full (laughs) you get to know everybody really close But out there, I mean, God has opened it. It's just so good. When Liz and I were out there, we were the first Christians, the missionary team we were with, first Christians ever for over a hundred mile radius. No Christians. We saw the beginning of the very first church, and then we were back in the States. Well, now there's 30 churches out there. Glory to God. And when, when we get to go out there, they treat us like celebrities. I mean, it's like, you were the first, oh, the first, you know, and it's like, how did you do it, you know, and they, they got all kinds of questions, and, and that just leads into how to pray, how to pray in the Holy Ghost, you know, how did you live out here? Well, we prayed in tongues, we prayed in tongues a lot, that's how we survived, 
And so these people are wide open, you know, and we're supporting the guy out there. He's, my, he's been my interpreter for the last couple of times out there. Great guy. He's, I call him Philip. It's not his, it's not his Hindu name. <laughs> he, that's the name he goes by now. It's his Christian name. And this guy's awesome. He, wherever he goes, he's getting people saved. So I call him Philip the Evangelist. I mean, he's, he's really good at it. And he's overseeing seven village churches, and he was walking to do it. I mean, he would walk all day, I mean, half the day to get there, do what he needed to do in that village church, and then walk home. He was doing that six days a week, wearing himself out. And so we got him a motorcycle. And now, now he can crank it. Now he's got extra time. He's starting four more churches. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what's going on out there. And when I tell you all these stories, you're part of it. Because you're given, we can do these things. And since January, we've been doing a, a Bible school in Vietnam. Been doing it via Zoom. You know, we, we planned to do it live a couple of years ago. And of course, COVID shut all of that down. So we're, we're doing it on Zoom. We've got 12 instructors lined up here in America, some of them in Canada. And, and we go on Zoom. The students are all there on Zoom. They're in their own home. And my interpreter over there is doing a, a really awesome job of organizing the school over there. I'm in charge of organizing it over here to make sure that we're all on the, on the camera at the right time because, you know, it's 13-hour time difference. They're doing it in the morning. We're teaching at night. I've done four courses. Liz has done one. She's got a couple more to go. I got four more to go. It, I mean, it's, <laughs> we teach for two hours at a time usually. As a class is going for four, so I got two, two instructors for each day, and it's just... It's cranking it. And here's the good news. They're recording it. So that when we're done and we'll be finished with a whole Bible school by October, I mean <laughs> 400 hours of quality, good Bible school instruction. And when we're done, they'll have a recording that'll go to any underground church in Vietnam that wants it. Now our man over there, he's pretty good at knowing where to put it. He's not just going to give it to anybody because you could give it to a government spy and go to jail, you know. So he's doing it well. And the good news is nobody is getting arrested. You know, none of the instructors are even running the risk. They're running a little bit of a risk over there because I'm pretty sure they could track that Zoom if the government really wanted to. So anyway, they're not going to. These guys are, these guys are courageous. They love Jesus. They're wanting to disciple the people in Vietnam and it's working, praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad to be alive and breathing today? It's good, isn't it? Sure beats the alternative. <laughs> Exciting times we're living in. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, you don't have to look at the news much. In fact, I wouldn't encourage it not to, you know. Don't look at it much. But you can tell that Jesus is coming back soon. But then you need to ask yourself, what's he waiting for? You know, I, I've, been, I've been ready for a while. <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and get on out of here. Well, you know, the Bible compares our Father God to a farmer. James chapter 5, verse 7 says, Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. So what's he waiting for? He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. You know, there's almost 8 billion people living on planet earth right now. Almost. There's more people living now than have lived throughout history until now. Now, wrap your mind around that a little bit. More people alive now than have lived throughout history. That's not an accident. That's our Father's God. That's his plan. 
he's the best farmer ever, and he sowed his best seed, and he's not going to wrap this up until he gets the biggest harvest that he can get. That's what he's waiting for. Of course, then we got Matthew 24, 14 that says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. When's the end going to come? After this gospel goes to all the nations. Well, that word nations in the Greek is coming from the Greek word ethos, and it means people group, tribal group, language group. Well, there's still seven to 8,000. I used to say seven and a half thousand. Rick Renner says there's 8,000. 8,000 people groups, language groups, tribes that don't have a church in their own culture. Half of those, so about 3,500 to 4,000 of these language groups have never heard the name of Jesus even once. So there's a little bit of work yet to be done. (laughs) And yet it's going to happen fast. How do we know it's going to happen fast? Well, I mean, just look around you. It's going to happen fast, and here's here's some good news for you. I was doing a little bit of research. I I read an article about Nepal. Anytime I see something on Nepal, you know, I, I read it. And it's talking about how there's 150 languages in Nepal, and 10 of them have gone extinct in the last 10 years. Now, at first, I kind of I kind of oh, 10 languages no longer being spoken. The people haven't gone extinct. The language went extinct. And then I went, wait a minute, that's good, because they didn't quit talking. What are they speaking? They're speaking the national language of Nepal. We already got the Bible in that language. We've already got Brother Hagen books in that language. We've got, already got all these resources in that language. God's making it easier to reach these unreached tribes. I did a little more research. You know, India's got 2,000 different languages spoken there. Well, 400 of those have gone extinct in the last 10 years. What's that mean? Well, that means they're speaking the national language of of India, which is Hindi. Already got the Bible in that language. Already got all kinds of resources in that language. God's making it easier to reach these tribes. I looked some more in, in Africa, same thing going on. Rest of Asia, same thing going on. And I said, I said, thank you, Father. You're the one that scrambled all these languages. You know, Tower of Babel business. He, he really did a good job <laughs> in scrambling these languages. Well, now he's making it easy. He's unscrambling them. Glory to God. I, I, I don't know. I'd get all excited about that because here's what I know. When all, these, when all these tribes are brought in, we're out of here. Then the end will come. Glory to God. Well, that wasn't part of my message, but it was good anyway. <laughs> I want you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. And here, yeah, whoo, yeah, amen. I like the book of Acts. You? Acts 4, we're looking at the beginning of the, of the church. The Spirit of God's already been poured out. Peter preached, 3,000 saved. Awesome. The lame man at the gate called Beautiful was healed, raised up, went walking, leaping, praising God right into the temple, stirred things up big time. The apostles were called before the religious leaders. They were threatened and told, don't you teach or preach in the name of Jesus anymore. But they didn't back down. In fact, they prayed and they asked for more boldness. And they asked for more miracles. Lord, stretch out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through your holy servant Jesus. I mean, they're cranking. Here in Acts 4, we find a summary statement for what's going on in the church. Acts 4.33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. 
Now, the last time I was here, I preached on this. This is part two, in case you're wondering. I think I've heard him say this before. It's part two. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to lay a foundation briefly, and then we'll go on to part two. Great grace was upon them all. Not just on the apostles or a handful of spiritual people. Great grace was on all of them, even the guy that got saved the day before. Now, Proverbs 19, 12, let me just read it to you, because I'm already there. Proverbs 19, 12, the king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. Now, we serve the king of kings, and his favor is like dew on the grass. Well, dew can be so light that it's hard to see, or it can be so heavy that it looks like it rained during the night. Well, apparently, grace is like that because the same word translated favor is often translated as grace. So grace or favor was on the whole church and it was like a heavy dew because it was great grace. Well, that tells us there's different degrees of grace and favor. In James 4, 6, it says that God gives more grace. Well, more means an increase, more than what you had. 2 Peter 3.18 says then that we, we are to grow in grace. Well, again, that means you can have more than what you had. John talked about it in his gospel. John 1.16, he said, And of his fullness we've all received, and grace for grace. I really like that. You ever stop and wonder, what does that mean, grace for grace? It means exactly what it says it means. God gives you grace so that you can get more grace. Really like it out of the Amplified Classic. It says it this way, For out of his fullness, abundance, we've all received, all had a share, and were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor and gift, heaped upon gift. Oh, I like that. See, because it gives us the picture of layered grace, or as I like to say, stacked grace. And so God gives you some grace when you're born again, and but he's expecting you to stack some more on top of that. He's expecting to go ahead and layer some more on top of you so that you can get to the place where you're like Jesus, full of grace. I mean, you can have grace added to you until you have great grace. And how would that affect you? I mean, if you began to operate in twice as much grace as you had last month, would you know it? Pretty sure you would. You know, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So, among other things, we know that grace is divine help. What if you had more divine help? You know, twice as much as you had the month before. Would you be interested in having twice as much divine help operating in your life, operating in your ministry? Paul said, I have labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me. Paul labored more than anyone else. How? By the grace of God. Are you interested in becoming more productive? Especially now. I mean, especially now. There's a harvest out there that needs to come in. So if you had twice the grace, how would that affect you? Well, things that used to be a struggle would be easier now, right? Things that maybe you couldn't do previously, but now you could. Things that you've fallen short in, you could now overcome. See, with enough grace, you can receive any blessing. 
There is no miracle too big for you to receive with enough grace. When you struggle and it seems like you're operating in a fog, you ever been there? It's like, oh, it's kind of foggy today. Didn't quite seem to get on track. Well, when that's going on, it could mean that you're just doing it on your own. Could mean not enough grace. See, and that's what the unsaved world has every day. Think about this. You you wonder why the unsaved world is saying and doing the things that they're doing? They got no grace. They're in a fog. They're blinded. They can't see. And so for them, life is just really hard. Well, without grace, it's hard. But what did Jesus say? He said, come to me, you who are burdened and heavy laden. Then what did he say? Well, I'll give you some rest. I'll give you some relief. How? Well, he's going to pour grace in you and on you and give you favor. And what was so hard becomes easy. Because he went on to say, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Amen. Now, you might be thinking, uh, I thought it was faith. Well, it is. (laughs) It's It's your faith tapping into his grace. They work together. You know, one of the definitions of God's grace is is a superior reaching down in kindness to help somebody that's inferior. Well, that's a picture of God reaching down in kindness to us. That's his grace. And so we, by faith, reach up. He's reaching down. We reach up by faith and grab a hold of his grace, his divine help, his divine ability. His anointing, his wisdom. I mean, that's all included in grace. And see, you wouldn't even know that you're supposed to have faith if it wasn't for the grace of God. (laughs) You'd have never, you never would have heard the word that gave you faith if you hadn't been for the grace of God to get you to the right place at the right time so that you could hear it. With enough grace, you can receive any healing, you can receive any miracle. With enough grace, you can overcome any temptation, any addiction. See, more grace in your life could mean that area where you failed and fallen over and over and over could be put behind you for good. For good. Are you interested in more grace? (laughs) Hallelujah. Now turn with me to Psalm 89. That was all review from the last time I was here. (laughs) Psalm 89 laid the foundation. I want us to think about two questions. What is grace and what? And favor, one question, what's grace and favor? And what's our part in getting more? What can we do to get more of those? You see, you can come into situations where you need help. Ever been there? I mean, (laughs) but the people who need to help you, the people that you need to get help from, they don't like you. I mean, maybe they think you're a Bible-quoting, tongue-talking fanatic, and they're just ready to show you the door. (laughs) But all of a sudden, they look at you again and change their mind. Uh, They end up giving you what you need. They help you do what needs to be done, even though they don't like you. What is that? Well, that's favor. That's grace. That's because you didn't go in there by yourself. I mean, the favor of God, the grace of God went ahead of you and prepared the way. Remember what the angel said to Mary in Luke 1, 28? I'll remind you. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. So not just favored, but highly favored. 
and the Lord is with you. That's a major part of the favor of God. His presence is with us. But here's something that we need to be aware of. How many of you have asked the Lord for favor with people that you need some help from, people that probably don't like you, maybe don't like what you stand for, maybe don't like what you believe. You ask the Lord for help to go before you, prepare the way. Did you know that you can go ahead and receive? You can pray in faith, believe, and receive, and then mess it up? <laughs> no, we couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it looks like your prayer produced nothing. <laughs> you know, you're going in there, everything looks the same. And you can go into a place where you need, you need favor, and there it seems like there is none. And you can get all angry. And you can get in the flesh. And you can throw out some accusations. Even though, even though the Lord was dealing with them to give you favor, they can look at you and say, forget it. You know, not helping you. <laughs> so you can mess up your own favor. That's what we're talking about. So we got to continue to walk in love at all times and believe, be in faith that God's grace and favor is working for us whether we see it or not. Because you can get into some situations where it does not look like anything is going on in that way. See, don't mess up what he's doing. Stay in faith, stay steady, continue to walk in love, no matter how the other ones are, are, are acting, no matter what they're saying. Do you want God's favor? Then stay in faith. And how does faith work? Well, faith works by love. Faith puts no pressure on people. See, if my faith is in God to take care of me, then I'm not going to put pressure on you to do something for me. I'm looking to the Lord. It doesn't have to come through you. Whether you're supposed to do it or not is beside the point. My faith is in God. It can come some other way because he's my source, not in individual. It's such freedom when you really get to your eyes on him and stop pulling on other people. Stop, stop bugging other people to do something for you. But see, if you get mad and you start demanding and start pulling, you can mess up the favor of God in your life. We don't want to do that. Have you found Psalm 89? See, we asked what is favor, what is grace, and we answered it some, but it's a big topic. It covers a lot. No simple definition is good enough. Let's get to the second question. What must we do to get more? We, we don't need to work on God's part. He's already faithful to do his part. But it's obvious some people have more grace and favor than others. Have you noticed that? I mean, why is it? I mean, God's not unjust. He's not unfair. So they must be doing something different than those with less favor. <laughs> what, is, what is our part in this? Well, in Psalm 89, we begin to see one aspect of our part. Psalm 89, I want us to read verse 17. It says, For you are the glory of their strength, and in your favor, our horn is exalted. Now listen, exalted means coming up to a higher place. It's talking about promotion. It's talking about you coming up to in an area of promotion. Now listen to God's, words, God's word translation. It says it this way. By your favor, you give us victory. So by God's favor, he brings us victory. 
Why do you win? Why do you have success? Because of God's favor. Listen to the complete Jewish Bible. Listen to what it says. Psalm 89, 17, complete Jewish Bible. For you yourself are the strength in which they glory. Our power grows by pleasing you. Now, instead of using the word favor, this translation says power. Well, power of influence is favor. And how does it grow? It grows by pleasing God. Are you, see, are you starting to see a pattern? Go with me to Proverbs 16. How can we get more grace and favor in our lives? What can we do to cause more grace and favor to come on us? Well, please him. See, please him more and you'll be favored more. Please him better and you'll be graced greater. I like this. We're getting to my favorite proverb. Look with me, Proverbs 16 and verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. This is one of my favorites. When a man's ways please the Lord, what happens when we please him? He gives us favor. He gives us grace. When, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even our enemies be at peace. Let me read it to you out of the BBE translation, Bible in Basic English. I looked up a whole bunch of translations. This is a pretty cool one. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his haters be at peace with him. So I like it. Saying the same thing, just putting a different word in there, you know. Even your haters. <laughs> we got some haters out there. But God can make them, make our enemies, make our haters be at peace with us. People that hate you, they are your enemy. They want to cause you harm, but they just don't. I mean, they take a break from bothering you. Why? Well, not because they want to, but because the Lord makes them. Makes even your haters be at peace with you. It, it doesn't say that they become your friends. No, they're still your enemies. They're still your haters. They just have other things to do. And so they leave you alone. <laughs> That's awesome. They still don't like you. You're still on their list. But if you keep pleasing the Lord by walking in faith and love, they just never seem to get around to bothering you. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even your haters be at peace with you. He makes it happen. Now listen to Psalm 41, verse 11. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. You ain't got time to get there. Psalm 41, 11, Amplified. By this I know that you favor and delight in me because my enemy does not triumph over me. Oh, I like that one. And so the psalmist said, that's a sure sign that you, Lord, are favoring me. Your favor is on me. Your grace is on me. I know because my enemy is not triumphing over me. Glory to God. My enemy is not winning over me. The Lord is making my enemy be at peace with me. The Lord makes it happen. Now, if your enemy is living an ungodly life, which most of them probably would be, they're fighting against God and his ways, well, they can have plenty of other problems besides you to keep them busy. <laughs> now, let's see how the New King James puts verse 11 of Psalm 41. By this I know that you are well pleased with me because my enemy does not triumph over me. More grace comes to those who please the Lord. 
and he makes your hater be at peace with you. Now, while putting this message together, I couldn't help but think back on, on a time when the Lord worked a miracle of favor to keep our enemy, some Hindu government officials, to keep them from causing a major problem in, in uh, Liz and my life. This, this has to do with how our daughter Lydia came to be part of our family. She's Nepali. And God worked a miracle. I mean, he worked several miracles before we even got custody of her. She was three months old when she came to live with us. Well, two and a half years later, we've been in Nepal for four years straight. It's time to come home, hey? You know, <laughs> it's been four years. But we didn't have the legal documents needed for her to come with us. So we moved to Kathmandu to finalize. Now, we, we put together, I mean, a stack of papers. It was like this thick. And in order for this adoption to take place in Nepal, it had to have uh, assigned seals, stamps from, uh, from 10 to 12 different government officials. Can't remember ex the exact number. And so we put them to the first guy, and, and every time I was in Kathmandu, I'd ask about him. You know, I'd go to this guy that had, that I dropped the papers off. He was number one, uh, and he was promising to send them on. And every time I'd go visit him, yeah, progress is being made. You know, another couple of signatures, it's all going good. Well, now it's two and a half years later, and it is time for us to come home. So we moved to Kathmandu to finish up this Nepal side of the, of the adoption. And I go talk to this guy. And, uh, you know, and he, he, again, he reassures me, yes, progress has been made. Well, I've been in Nepal long enough to know that sometimes these government officials will tell you what they think you want to hear just to get you out of their office. And so I kind of held my ground and said, you know, I, I need to see him. I need to see how many officials have signed him. I need to see how many stamps have been stamped on him. I, I just want to look at him. Where are they at right now? And that's when he finally looked me in the eye and he said, well, they're right here. They've never gone anywhere. There's not been one signature, not one stamp, nothing. And, of course, I'm, I'm in shock. You know, two and a half years he's been telling me. I'm in shock. And then, I, of course, I asked why. Well, what's the deal? And he said, well, you know, that little girl that you got came from Mother Teresa's orphanage. I said, yeah, I'm aware of that. Well, Mother Teresa and the Queen have had a falling out. And see, this is in the days when Nepal was run by a monarchy form of government. King and Queen were, I mean, they were everything. They set up a puppet prime minister, but he had no power. The King and Queen were calling all the shots. And Nepal was one of the poorest nations in the world, but yet the King and Queen were some of the, the ten most richest people in the world. So a lot, of, a lot of aid money coming into Nepal, and it would go through the king and queen, their skimming process. This is why they were so rich. And Mother Teresa wouldn't do it. She said, forget it. I don't need you. She, did, she was an Indian citizen, so she didn't need a visa to even be working in Nepal. And she said, forget it. I'm not giving, I'm not staying, I'm not giving the queen one cent. That's basically how her attitude was. Well, the queen said, fine. None of your babies are leaving this country. And so this guy's telling me all of that. I'm going, wow, that's a bit of a hurdle. <laughs> and see, if that wasn't enough, then he says to me, and besides that, you've been a missionary out in the village area where I come from. There never were Christians out there. Now there are. The king and queen of Nepal have said we need to eradicate Christianity out of Nepal. I'm in agreement with that, so why would I help you? I said, whoa, his true colors really are coming out. 
And then he said, besides that, and I thought, wow, there's more. <laughs> he said, that little girl that you've got came from a high caste Hindu family. He knew by the name on all these papers that we had. And he said, that, you know, I'm high caste as well. And if I help you, you'll take her to America, turn her into a Christian, send her back to Nepal, and she'll cause all kinds of people to become Christians. Why would I help you do any of this? Well, see, I could have, I could have, you know, I was a little angry, but I didn't vent it. The grace of God was all over me, and I knew I could really mess this up to the point where we are not getting her out of here, and so I just cooled it. I smiled. I said, thank you for your time, and quietly left his office. And the whole time, I'm just in shock. I'm just going, Lord, what are we going to do? Well, this whole process took about six weeks. And God gave me favor with a Hindu man. And this Hindu man was the nephew of the former prime minister. Not the current one, but the former one. And so the former prime minister heard our story and said, I'll go in there with you. Cool. We're going into this office again, and I got the former prime minister. I'm thinking I got some, I got some clout now. We go in there. Now, remember, prime minister, puppet. We got no power. Well, so he goes in there with us, and the guy just kind of laughs at us, this arrogant government official, and so kicks us out again. And my Hindu helper guy, <laughs> the one that was the nephew of the former prime, he, he's, he's devastated. He leaves for a week. I, never, I don't see him for a whole week. And then he finally comes back and says, let's go try it again. I said, okay, I'm getting what else we got to do. We go back into that office, and the guy just kind of laughs at us again and throws us out. We get down onto the street, and we just happen to run into this guy's old schoolmate. He'd gone to boarding school with a guy, and it's obvious he's well-connected, well-financed. I mean, he's, he's looking pretty sharp, and they're talking all about what's going on with our Lydia and, and Liz and I. And, and then this guy says, let's go back in there. I'm going, Really? You just kind of got thrown out of there. <laughs> but I didn't know who my new friend was. And we walked back in there, and that arrogant, that, that guy that had been so arrogant, this government official, he sees who I'm with now, and he starts bowing and scraping. And I'm going, ooh, I think I got, I got, I got somebody with some clout. <laughs> and he takes us into a conference room, and he serves us tea, and he's just being all so nice and sweet. And I'm going, wow, who is this guy? And so he, he presents the case again, and the guy says, I can't. You know, I would for you turn into this guy, but if I do that, I'll lose my job, and who knows what else they'll do to me. And so this guy just kind of smiles, and he says, well, I was going into the royal palace today anyway when I ran into all of you guys. I'll go see what I can do from inside the palace. He goes in the next day, the king's sister makes a phone call, just one phone call, and this arrogant government official that said he could not, would not help us, signed, sealed every one of those papers and delivered them into my hands. And, and, and I said, I need to thank her. And they go, no, 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 this did not happen. If the, if the king and queen find out she did this for you, she's in big trouble. And then I said, well, 
why the king's sister? You know, I'm just trying to feel this out. And they said, well, the king's sister and her husband could never have any kids until they went down into India where a missionary doctor, Christian missionary doctor at a Christian missionary hospital did some surgery on her. They were able to go ahead and start a family when they came back to Kathmandu. And this guy said to me, she's always had a soft spot in her heart for missionaries and for kids. And then he said, she's got a Bible and she reads it. <laughs> this is this is the king's sister. And the king, he's not only king, monarch of the country, he's in charge. He's the head dude of the Hindu religion in Nepal. And his sister's reading the Bible. <laughs> so so God had gone, he, I mean, he'd gone, he'd, he'd, he started this a decade before we needed it. And we just had to walk it out. But if I'd have gotten angry, if I'd have vented my feelings, of, I mean, this was our little girl. I mean, the one that God had given to us supernaturally for us to raise, and these guys are trying to keep her in Nepal. I could have got all, I could have went all, you know, holt on him. <laughs> but I didn't. See, we can mess up our own favor. God was already, he'd already been working on this for 10 years. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, we need to move on here. Let me see where I'm at. Our enemy did not triumph over us. God made even our hater be at peace with us. And if he'll do that for us, he'll do that for any believer. See, we could have messed it up, but didn't. Now, as we close, I want us to look at one or two more scriptures. Can you handle it? Go with me to John chapter 8. Now, do you believe that Jesus walked in great grace and favor? I mean, wow, most definitely. You see it all the way through the Gospels. More than once, his enemies wanted to kill him, tried to kill him, but couldn't even seem to touch him. I mean, he just walked right past them like they weren't even there. I mean, in his hometown of Nazareth, they wanted to throw him over a cliff. Yet he just walked through the middle of them like they weren't even there. You know, in John 10 and verse 17, Jesus said, No man can take my life from me. I lay it down. And he demonstrated that at the end, you know, in the garden that night that Judas betrayed him. He said, Who are you looking for? And they said, Well, we're looking for Jesus. And he said, I am. And when he said, I am, so much power was released, they all hit the dirt. I mean, bam, they're all on the ground. So who's really in charge here? <laughs> I mean, Jesus gave himself to them. He did it willingly. Thank God that he did. He walked in tremendous grace and favor. I mean, he was always at the right place at the right time. Everything he and his disciples needed was always prepared ahead of time. He'd say, go over there and you're gonna, you'll find an upper room that's ready for us to have the Last Supper in. And sure enough, it was. Or he'd say, go over there and you'll find a, you'll find a donkey ready for me to ride on. Palm Sunday. <laughs> and it was. He'd say, hey, Peter, go down. There's a fish that's got our tax money in its mouth. Just go catch it. <laughs> right? But see... They all, they all, how would you like to have been one of his disciples, one of his apostles, just walking with him through all that grace and favor all the time? That would have been awesome. But at the beginning of his ministry, do you remember what he was marked by? 
See, he was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan, right? He comes up out of the water, and the Spirit of God came upon him in the form of a dove. And then the Father spoke from heaven. Do you remember what he said? He said, this is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. How much grace was on him? Well, the Scripture said he was full of grace and truth. How much did he please the Father? Well, he was well pleased. Do you think there's a connection? There's definitely. See, why couldn't those guys just grab him and throw him over a cliff? Because of the grace and favor that was all over him. Now remember, he operated as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit of God. Yes, he was the Son of God, but he wasn't doing those things on the earth as the Son of God. He was doing them as the Son of Man. He was doing them with the anointing and power and grace of God. He was full of grace. He was full of anointing. That's how he did what he did on the earth. John 8, look at verse 29. And he who sent me is with me, Jesus speaking. The Father has not left me alone For I always do those things that please him. The Father has not left me alone. For I always... See, why is that for there? Well, it's a connecting word. And so Jesus is saying, His presence is with me, for I always do those things that please him. Every day, every night, all the time, He pleased the Father... And as a result, the grace of God was on him to the fullness all the time. And now people will read that and they go, well, yeah, Brother Dana, but that's, that's Jesus. He could do that. You know, I'm not Jesus. Well, we already know that you're not Jesus. But see, there's a problem with that kind of thinking. Because it implies that he did it and it was no problem for him because he's the son of God and so it's easy for him. He doesn't know what it's like to be me. No, that's not true at all. He knows exactly what it's like to be you and me. Why? Because he came in the form of a man. He laid aside all of his divine privileges. When he came to the earth, he came as the Son of Man. He laid aside his almighty power. He laid aside his omnipresence. He laid all that aside in heaven. He came as a man. So he did not do what he did with some unfair advantage over you and me. And then tell you and me to, you know, you know, it's like this. Yeah, I know you're not the son of God like me, but go ahead and do it like me anyway. <laughs> no, that would be unreasonable. It would be unjust, unfair. If he did it as God and then tells us to do it, but we're not God. See, you're following me on this? Did Jesus not say, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works shall you do because I'm going to my Father? See, In 1 John 2 and verse 6, I said a couple more scriptures. It says this, He who says he abides in him, talking about Jesus, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Can we walk just like Jesus? Is it possible? Well, only if he walked here as a man, but he did. He did it as a man, anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit, doing it by the grace and favor of God, and he's given us the same spirit, and he's given us the same grace and favor. He has made it possible for us to walk like him. Now, we're to grow in grace. 
We're to grow and be transformed by the Spirit of God into the same image as Jesus. From one degree of glory to another. What's one way to get more grace and favor? What's one way? Please the Father. Please the Father. How do we do that? Doing what the Word says that we're supposed to do. It's not that complicated. It's actually fairly easy. We're to please the Father and we'll get more grace. We'll get more favor. Or in other words, we're to be like Jesus. See, we're called Christians. You know what that word means? It means Christ-like. Soon as you were born again, you were given the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Your spirit man was recreated in the image and likeness of God. And now you can be like Jesus. You got to renew your mind, yes. You got to save your soul, yes. You got to put your flesh under, yes. And when you're doing all of those things, you're being like Jesus. And when you're being like Jesus, you please the Father. And what's He going to do? He's going to pour grace on you, He's going to pour favor on you. He's going to anoint you. He's going to help you. That's what grace is. It's divine help so that what you're doing here on the earth becomes easier, not harder. The more you get like Jesus, the more easier it will be to do the works of Jesus. This is how we're wrapping this thing up. You know, sometimes people will say to me, well, uh, Brother Dana, the early church needed the anointing of God. They needed to be filled with the Spirit. They needed great grace in order to get the church started, implying that we don't need it anymore. And I look at them and say, well, if they needed it to get the church started, surely we need it now to finish. (laughs) I think we might even need it more. With 8 billion people out there, God not wanting any of them to go to hell. Here's what I know about my Father God. He really does love people. He really does. He wants every tongue, every tribe, every... He wants them all. He's not satisfied until they all hear about what Jesus has done. And he wants us to do that. But here's the deal. He's given us the grace and favor to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray for a minute. Father, we do thank you for your your word today. We thank you, Lord, for great grace. We thank you, Lord, for favor upon our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you're working behind the scenes even now to help us in areas we may not even be aware of yet. You're doing it by your grace and favor, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, before we close, I, I just I got a witness in my heart that there's, there's people here that need some of this favor in their life. I don't know what it is that you're facing. No, it could be a legal thing. It could be a, a thing at work. I don't. It, it could be a thing in your family. Maybe some disgruntled family members just not liking you. <laughs> I don't know what it might be, but I know that God's grace and favor is more than enough to make up the difference. His favor can help even your haters can be at peace with you. Even those that don't like you think you're a tongue-talking fanatic. Even your haters, your enemies, they can be at peace with you. Why? God will make them. He'll make them. He'll make sure they got so many other things to do, they'll just forget all about you. (laughs) Glory to God. And so there there may be, you know, we can pray for other things after this, but I, I just got an unction about this. Actually, I got it yesterday when I was praying about this message. 
If you're in here and you need favor, like I said, some legal thing, some real estate thing, some job thing, something at work, whatever it might be, I'm believing that there's grace and favor. There's a reason we all come together like this. And when we do, there is a corporate anointing. There is a corporate grace. There's a corporate favor. And it can be imparted to you so that you can get some things done. Hallelujah. So if that's described you in any way, then I'd like you to stand your feet and, and come forward. And Liz and I will lay hands on you and pray with you, believe with you. Hallelujah. God's going to work in your life. He's going to work in in your job. He's going to work in that real estate. He's going to, wherever that is. Hallelujah. And he may even do some things you weren't even asking about. We're seeing that in a lot of places. People will come up for one thing and it, it didn't, didn't even have to do with healing, but yet when they got up off the floor, they were healed. Wasn't even what they were asking for. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Which direction, honey? You got a direction? You following me? Let's go over this way. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I thank you right now. I'm asking for great grace, favor abounding, abounding. That favor to open doors, that favor to cause things to happen supernaturally in Jesus' name. Making a difference. Making a difference. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Favor and grace. Favor. Oh, yeah, it's going to get easier. It's going to get easier. You'll see. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. We step into you're going to see that get easier you're going to see that just get lighter it's just going to get so much easier so much better in Jesus in Jesus yes Lord we, we step into that Yes, Lord. Great grace. Great favor. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some doors opening. There's going to be some In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, that, that supernatural favor. <laughs> In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, that grace and favor. O prandi ha ha kukurem beskida o raduskida da mambrad dekira da mambrad dekira. Yeah, making a way, making a way, making a way where it looked like there was not a way. Your favor, your grace, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for it. That grace, that favor. Jesus, you are the way maker. The way maker, making a way. Yes, even your haters at peace with you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes.
Yes, Lord. Back gripping. Oh, Ritish Kambrande. Oh, did it a mambrande tire da kamas tenembro baharide. Bish kuronde kadande tanda mambro de kere. Yeah, for right now, for right now, for right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bash kumombro du kusaram bakhistimaka. Mm, that door of opportunity swinging wide open, wide open. Those that have been blocking it <laughs> suddenly got other things to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, it's going to happen. And it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. Yes, and it'll be so obvious that it was God. So obvious. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, Rutinande. Great grace and favor. Taken right out of the way. Taken right out of the way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's going to get so much easier. It's going to be so much lighter. That direction's going. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. That door's open. In Jesus' name. Lord, that grace. That favor, mm, that opportunity. Yeah, making a way, making a way, making a way in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes. That favor. <laughs> That door, even his haters, find something else to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. At peace, at peace, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm asking for that, oh, that grace, that favor, that anointing, Lord. Yes, that grace and favor. <laughs> oh, making a way, making a way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, that that grace, that anointing in Jesus' <laughs> Grace and favor. <laughs> making things lighter. Making things easier. 
Yes, grace and favor, making a way, opening a door in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we step into that. That anointing for help. Great grace and favor. Going ahead, following behind. Making a way. Easy. Easy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get easier. It's going to get lighter. In the name of Jesus, great grace and favor. Going ahead, following behind. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, grace. Your favor in his grace, his more than enough <laughs> favor in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, your grace, your favor, helping, helping, helping. That's what your grace is, Father. Help and time and need, divine help in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Grace. Grace and favor in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Making it easier for him. Making it easier in Jesus' name. Lord, grace and favor. Thank you, Father. Making it easier. Making it lighter. Grace and favor. Oh, Yeah, it's just going to surround you. Just surrounding you, going with you, going ahead of you, following behind you. Easier, easier, easier in Jesus. In Jesus' name, that grace and favor. Mambarondo. Yeah, this time it's different. This time it's different. More than enough. More than enough in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, Romando. Great grace and favor. Following ahead. Coming behind in Jesus' name. Lord. Yeah, it's going to be easier. It's going to be lighter. Lighter in Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord. We step into that grace and favor. <laughs> Lord, surrounding, surrounding, surrounding in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. That, that grace. Oh, ah, shunonde. Miranda Combronde. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna look back and go, whoa! God, that was you, that was you. Yes, Father. That grace, that favor. In Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. Mm, this the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Great grace. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got okay. Just checking. <laughs> Over to you, Pastor Bernie. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You you can be seated for a couple minutes. We're going to receive an offering for their ministry. And uh, Heather, I want you to go to Philippians chapter four for the screen. And if you got a Bible and want to open it up, you can. But uh, I always like to do everything by putting faith in you for doing it. Amen. Faith for doing it. And the times we live in, if there's ever times we need to make sure we're in partnership with God, it's now. And, you know, everything that we do for these guys has everything determined about your financial success for the times we live in. How we bless them today will determine how much gas you keep putting in your tanks and food you keep and things you keep on doing because God's got a system set up. And that's why... I, I don't just get money for people. I put faith into people to how to have money to give, to have more for themselves, do what God wants them to do. Philippians chapter 4 is an awesome thing. I'm going to look at verse uh, 15 through 19. And I, I want to tell you something before I do this. We've been partners with the Niles for years and years and years. And back in, I think it was probably 1995. Where'd you go to Siberia? 95. 1995, I think you said we was the first ones that partnered with you for that trip. In 1995, we were out in probably Tulsa, I guess, in Tulsa and, and, and met them. They're getting ready to go to Siberia, and we were, we were a baby church. We weren't in a giant congregation. We were a storefront building, and uh, the Lord put it in our hearts to say, hey, we're going to give you $1,000 to get you started. 1995, for a couple little baby pastors, didn't know anything about anything much. We knew God. And I know that the success we had for all those years was everything to do with how we listened to him and did what he told us to do. If we used our faith, we probably would have said, we'll give you guys $50 to help you go. Because that would have been what we had. That would have been walking by sight. We walked by faith because we knew God. And so Philippians chapter 4, look at verse 19 first of all. Just look at verse 19 because that, that's one. How, how many faith people like to quote Philippians 4.19? Hey, man. Philippians 4, faith, faith, faith people, they love verse 19. But my God, the but, the conjunction co connects it with the first part before that. But my God shall supply all your need according to how much handouts the government will give you this year. Well, guess what? The handouts are going to be drying up soon, guys. Amen. Amen. It says, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, what's that but there for? Verse 15. Now, you Philippians, you know that also that in the beginning of the gospel, of that gospel ministry, what he was doing in that phase there, when I was getting ready to go to Siberia. Amen. This, see, we bring this into modern time. He says that when I depart from Macedonia, no church communicate with me or share with me as concerning giving and receiving 
but you own me. And it took me a few years as a, as a believer, as a pastor, to finally get the connection as seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, work together. And I finally learned after a few years that the same faith I used for my giving, because I always use faith for giving to believe God to give, I had to keep that faith activated for the receiving part, because God says they work hand in hand. And so what I see for our church as we're supporting missionaries and the things we're doing right now, that's why this church is prospering. That's why this church is able to do more to reach more people out here because we're in partnership with God to reach the world. And so he says, give your seed, but you only, for even at Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. And I want to tell you something about these guys right here. They're, they're uh, I don't know what to say, unusual missionaries or what, but these guys here are pumping in so much right now to other places because God's prospering their ministry like he's prospered our ministry, but they're not hoarding it to get rich. I was talking to Dana, I think last night, night before last, and he was talking about right now he thinks they're up to somewhere around $70,000 this season that's flowed through them to other people. Right now they're helping pioneer churches and other places, other missionaries don't have anything, and so as God's poured it into them, He's meeting their needs abundantly, but they're pouring it right out to their clearinghouse. That's what our church is. As God pours it in, we pour it out. That's how we prosper. But then take that down to your level as a family and as a believer. As God pours it into you, if you'll keep it flowing, God will keep on multiplying it. Amen. And so he says, anyway, verse 17 is how this works. He says, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And for myself as a pastor, ever since I was a baby pastor back in the early 90s, I've always known when I teach on tithes and offerings and receive money for Jesus, my primary goal was to teach you that's how you live. That's how you succeed. And so my, my, my greatest desire is not that I prosper on what people give into this church. God will take care of me by what comes in and my family, but I want you to prosper. And that's what Paul says, I desire fruit may abound to your account. And I don't have my Amplified with me, but the Amplified says something like this. You set up a, a debit account in heaven. How many like to use your debit card? If you don't have money in the account, the debit card says it won't work. A lot of people want to quote, quote Philippians 4.19, but there's nothing in there. But God said, what fruit can abound to your account? So as you give... It's like making a deposit in a heavenly account. You make that deposit there. You don't just have in what you deposited. God multiplies to it. His interest is far above what any earth people can do. Anyway, that's what God says, fruit to, to the account. And then he says in verse 18, I have all and abound and I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. And here's what God sees about money. That supports the gospel work. God says it's a sacrifice, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And so I just want to say this for us, for the trip that they're here this time, let's just do all we can do to really, really, really pour it into them for what God wants for them because not only are they going to be able to do more for what God wants them to do, but our church is going to do more too because we're giving into our heavenly account. Amen? And then, and then... When people begin to talk to you about how high gas is, how high groceries is, how bad it is, use your butt. 
but my God shall supply all my need. Gas is high, but my God supplies all of my need. Food is high, but my God supplies all of my need. Amen. Amen. And you know why you can say that with faith and confidence? Because you are partners with God in the gospel ministry. Take this gospel to these nations. As these languages go defunct and they begin to speak one language more and more, Remember what Dana said? Man, we got the Bibles out there. we got the faith books out there in that language. And that's God getting the precious, the precious fruit of the earth in, and we're a part of it. Amen? Amen. So do you need an envelope, anybody? If you need an envelope, I should have said that right off. Raise your hand. They'll give you an envelope. If you happen to do checks, make it out to High Desert Word Center, and we give them all one, one check when they leave here to bless them and take it with them. But glory to God, I am glad to be partners with Jesus to take this gospel around the world. Amen. May not like the price of gas, but my God fills up my tank every time. May not like the price of what goes on at Stater Brothers, Food for Less, or Walmart, wherever you shop at, but my God has more than enough to pay whatever it takes to take care of my people. Amen. Amen. How many are bold to say that? Are you bold to say that when the test comes during the week? Amen. Well, just as you hook up in the gospel ministry, you can say that with faith and confidence because God doesn't lie. That's the way this thing works. Glory to God. I'll tell you what, I don't cringe anymore. I go to fill my truck up, says $119. I say, thank you, Jesus. You got $119 every time I need it. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Well, let's stand up. Let's stand up. And hold, hold your offering up to heaven because he said this is a sacrifice said it's a sweet fragrance, a sweet-smelling uh, fragrance in God's nostrils. And just says to me, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for prospering me so I can be a blessing and be partners with you. Your word says you give seed to the sower and bread to the eater and multiply our seed sown. So we give this to you. And, Father, you're the clearinghouse in heaven. And then as you bless it, and it comes back down to the Niles, we want to thank you, Lord, that our giving is recorded in heaven. And, Lord, we know that their needs are met abundantly. And our needs are met abundantly because we're partners in the gospel ministry. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Bring your offerings up. Amen. After you give your offering, you can, uh, we'll go ahead and close things out today. Praise the Lord. Who was blessed by the word of God and by the ministry today? Amen. I love that teaching on God's grace. Things that used to be hard and a struggle, the grace of God, amen, can make it easy and can make you flow and be free. And we need that in our lives today. So I pray we receive that word. Hallelujah. We want to remind you that, of course, we've got service tonight at 6 o'clock once again. And uh, I believe as Liz is going to be preaching tonight, right? All right. We're going to hear Liz tonight. Amen. Yeah. 
going to be an awesome time. There's warfare prayer at five. If, uh, so come on out and join us for that. And again, I just remind you, grab some invitations. We printed 200 more. So that's a total of 700 invitations that uh, we've got passed out all over Barstow this week. So anyway, grab some more invitations from the info booth because we believe that Jesus is coming soon. And we want everybody within our realm of influence to go to heaven when he comes. So just get them in here next week. We'll preach the gospel to them. Amen. And they're going to receive Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord one more shout of praise today. As we close this thing out, we have had a good day in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow. And we'll see you again tonight at 6 o'clock. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tonight.